Ian Blackwood Talk Smack Podcast. My guest today is Steve Sapienza. Did I get that right, Steve? Perfect. Perfect delivery. Steve, um, can we say you're a retired musician? Um, I wouldn't nah. say no, not quite yet. Okay. Not quite yet. Um, but unofficially retired. Okay. So I guess sabbatical. So. You're on a sabbatical. Yeah, sabbatical. That's perfect. Yeah. Word. Perfect. <laughs> You're on a sabbatical. Uh, Steve um, was a guitar player, songwriter in a band called Party Cat. Mm-hmm. Any other bands you played in? Uh, yeah, we did like um, kind of like a boxcar racer thing at the end there. Um, it was called In This Alone. It was just a little studio project that we ended up shooting a music video, and we never played any shows, so. It was just like a passion project. That's cool. Which actually got a little bit more hype than Party Cat. Um, Funnily enough, eh? <laughs> ironically enough, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just a little passion passion project, which brings me back to the sabbatical because there is always that flirtation, flirtation there that we would like to do some shows if the timing and the schedules line up. So yeah, we, that was called in this alone. So the classic. Uh, getting a little bit older, growing up a little bit, and then the schedule start. You know, it's different, right? So you're not 16 anymore. You're not 20 anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think we would definitely uh, ever tour it, but we'd, we'd probably do some shows if we could pull it all together. Right. Um, it was actually, like, probably some of the best music I ever wrote. Oh, nice. With the guys. Um, and you said it was kind of like Boxcar Racer? Like, what, like that. Like? I, like, no, not the style of music, just the idea behind it. Like oh, when, when okay, Boxcar, got you. Sorry. Like Tom and right. those guys. Right. Just was like, oh, we wanted to do like an outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that was completely different than Party Cat. Um, well, speaking of Party Cat, uh, why heavy music? What was the, what was the big, because um, I mean, Party Cat was pretty, pretty uh, like hard rock and like, mm-hmm. I guess when Josh joined, there was a little more vocal dynamic, but you mm-hmm. guys were always pretty heavy. Um, what do you call that? I mean, grindcore? I don't know. <laughs> I think at that time when the band was just emerging and we were just figuring out who we are, what mm. we we're going to do, like it was the Southern Rock. Southern Rock, yeah. The bands like Memphis Mayfire were doing it, Every yeah. Time I Die. Um, it was like that Southern... Grimy. Heavy, yeah, 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 like bar rock. Yeah. But with metal. Okay. And all the bands are like that, like riff core. Yeah. You know, there's um, so many names. For yeah, it. We, yeah. We never, we never really knew what we were doing. I don't. I don't think we even knew what we were doing at the end. It just kind of, we just pushed and made it happen. Like we just kept going and pushing it. So. Right. What was heavy music for you uh, off? Like right off the bat, like at the get go. Like, what got you? Like, what was your, one of your favorite bands that got you into this sort of southern uh, rock stuff? Um, to keep it short, like for the longest time, again we we were just talking about under oath. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. Before album. this, so a long time ago, before YouTube and everything, I remember watching uh, an under oath music video on Much Music, and I never caught the band's name. And this is at a very young age, and it was on Much Loud, and I was up much later than my my bedtime allowed for me. And I was obsessed with this song, and I only heard it once or twice. And it it wasn't until like maybe maybe like like 10 years ago that I finally found out that that was Under Oath. Right. And once I discovered that, it was actually a friend of mine who um, was like, oh, have you ever heard of Under Oath? And, and they played it for me. I was like, this is the song I've been talking about forever. And that was like the first heavy band that got me into okay. heavy music. Right. Um, unfortunately, I found out about that album much too late because it was already out for like four years at that point. But it, it was Under Oath that first started me in heavy music. 
and then I got into the Permian Horizon, right. Every Time I Die, and so on and so forth. Right. So And loud, what, what uh, Steve was explaining to you, uh, Much Loud and Much Music, and Loud was an offshoot channel of Much Music, which was a Canadian uh, music channel. Is this still around? I don't even know if it's... Man, I don't have cable, and <laughs> um, that's not because like we can't afford it or anything. I just I don't think anyone watches music videos I, on TV I anymore. Know, it's, yeah, it's the digital age. So, but in that time, much loud was the offshoot of uh, they played a little more uh, explicit stuff. They played heavier stuff, the punk rock stuff, the the metal stuff. And it was uh, I remember at one point it was just a looped channel. It just constantly played videos. I remember at that one point in in like two I guess two thousand ten nine ish or whatever eight ish, and they started mm-hmm. just playing videos after videos it wasn't even tv segments i think it was just playing mm-hmm. yeah, much yeah. the channel basically yeah. yeah that was at the end yeah i remember that nice um so party cat i mean you guys are like such a cool band and especially when um when you kind of started figuring out the lineup and uh when you guys finally settled on a singer for a little while and you're doing you you guys were grinding it out you were doing some pretty van trailer type touring and doing warp tour type touring and um what's uh like so maybe uh steve what's some of your favorite memories of like of working the grind with the guys and um you guys were known for always a dynamic show yep josh was known for climbing the rafters and every every show definitely was a new experience we just none of us ever went into a show like the now that i look back on it um it was like completely raw um, never harnessed, like we, we, I don't think we ever harnessed our capabilities, but that's what made Party Cat what it was. It was just every day was something different. Right. Um, I think some of my favorite memories was like we, like me and a couple of the guys, like we still hang out all the time. Um, Josh, unfortunately, uh, did move to Australia. So he's out there just, um, Hey Josh, away. how's hey Australia, Josh? man? <laughs> um, yeah, he's staying warm. Like we're freezing out here, but, yeah. um, so obviously I haven't seen Josh since he's moved. Um, but some of our favorite memories, or at least mine anyways, like the last American tour we did, it was just like a, a 30 day banger. And the highlight of that was like when we were playing in New Mexico, man, and it is specifically Albuquerque. And at that time I just finished watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> nice. And we literally went to like Walter White's house and it was like, it's crazy. Cause like I, I was in the beginning of this band, like I, I was day one and started it in my mom and dad's basement. And then like flash forward, like four years later, um, and we're like in New Mexico, (laughs) like we've been to like all the places in Canada, which like makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're from Canada. So we hit all the cities, the major cities. But Which makes sense, but they're so yeah. fucking far away yeah, from each right? other. <laughs> but I mean, we're we're from Canada, so we had yeah, to. Absolutely. That's you know that's yeah. what we had to do. But when we were like in Albuquerque, New Mexico, <laughs> playing a show, and we've never been there before, and like the kids, like uh, the show sucked, like it sucked. But until we went on, like we were playing with like high school, like possibly even grade school talent show bands. Like playing, I remember like playing "Damn It," but like terribly, like the, like the, they were learning it on the spot basically. And then when we went on, like we were an established band, and like at least we could play our songs, anyways. And like the kids were like blown away, and we were like rock stars to them, right? And like that's how it was, like on these American tours, like we weren't playing with, like we weren't supporting big bands yet. So we were always like the headline band, right? Like the big, the big fish in the little pond, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So every time we play, we would just blow people away. And like that specific show, that city, like that was like the highlight, man. Like Albuquerque. Like I never thought the band would ever be playing in the middle of a friggin' desert. You know what I mean? So and being a Breaking Bad fan, like oh my god, like the, we went. <laughs> Did to you all go to the, the house? Yeah, we went to the Did house. Did you yell that? She no, like, no, she was super nice to us. Oh, because she yells at people now. Yeah. Well, they said that before. She yelled at me. She literally yelled at me, and I was, dude, I was. God, I must have been almost like 50 or 60 yards from the house, mm-hmm. and she started yelling. I was like, I'm not even She's, near that. She sits in the garage. Yeah, you, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. We were like, we, well, obviously, if you've been there, um, at first, we're like, well, like, is this the right place? And then right. we started seeing all the security equipment, and no, she was super chill. That's cool. Um, I'm glad your experience was not yeah, my experience. super chill. That was super chill. Did you go to the car wash, too? Car wash. Yeah, we right. went to the... Uh, I don't remember. Like, it was just so surreal, man. Like, I didn't know you were such a Breaking Bad fan. That's actually really, because, that's, dude, that's got to be one of my all-time favorite shows. I, like, my wife, like, she forced it on me. Like, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. Like, nah, nah, nah. Like, Mr. Mister Cool Guy, you know what I mean? Right. Everything is not cool enough. So, and then <laughs> I got into it, and I was like, just, I, she just, she does this. She puts the shows on, and then it's either, like, I'm watching, and then I get hooked, or I'm like, no, turn it off right away. But this one, it stuck to me. And, oh, dude. and I just finished it before we went on this tour. And it, it wasn't like... It was meant I, to be. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> I purposely planned it. And it's just like, wow, we're here now. And it was so freaking sick. Um, well, I mean, I mean, Vince Gilligan alone, is just the writing on it is so fantastic. And I don't know if you've ever read... Um, Brian Cranston put out a book called The Life in Parts. And I don't know how much... I mean, obviously, you're a Breaking Bad fan, but I became sort of obsessed with Cranston for a while and just because to get into that role I was like and just being an actor I sort of appreciated that so oh, yeah. I sort of I read his um his his book he put out and um there's just some really cool connections with Vince Gilligan he actually meet he meets him years before Breaking Bad and then ends up meeting him again it's yeah, I don't know it's just really cool but that's I didn't know you're such a Breaking Bad fan that's wicked are you a Malcolm in the Middle fan uh yeah I mean it was a great show great 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 show, show. and I mean that was I was like Cranston talks a lot about that in his book talks about how it was just I mean, he, he talks about that being, uh, aside from Breaking Bad, that was like the, just one of the most joyous pieces of work he ever got to do. Every day because of his character. It was a Cal the character? Yeah, yeah, Cal. He 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 said that just every episode was, Cal would get into something so ridiculous. And he talks about it in the book. There's a big, big chapter on it. And anyway, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm just a Cranston fan. So that's cool to know you are too, man. Super, yeah. The, so it, it was, when the band started in the basement and next thing you're playing in a desert. <laughs> yeah. Like it where was, your favorite shows? Yeah, and I was like tripping. Like we're all tripping the fuck out. Yeah, right? no like, kidding. It was it was sick. Yeah, so sick. You were just a bit of blue meth away from like full circle of dude. Like I can, <laughs> or maybe li- you like, did some blue meth. <laughs> like, like I can literally close my eyes yeah. and like it's like I can remember driving up and down the street. We got Dunkin' Donuts. Like I remember everything, and it was like the sickest, sickest place. Nice. Like one of my favorite uh, spots. Like just. Outside of like Arizona, like that was so sick there. Like I love it. I want to go back for sure. Uh, the- Actually, you know what? Uh, f- that same show was the, one of the first times that we got a meal at the show, and this is a good one. Um, a fan brought us ground beef in <laughs> a Ziploc bag that she had cooked at home and brought us tacos, and we all had tacos. Oh my! God. But the, the it was like one of the freezer bags <laughs> full of ground beef, and we ate it, and like I would never eat that now because I am so afraid of everything. And <laughs> but we then were, you're, we, we you're were like, like back then, we were like so hyped up that we had food at a show, and right. it was like, yo, like we're rock stars, and like like a, a like two liter bag of ground beef. It's funny the little things you remember when you're like at a point where you're oh. like you probably haven't eaten a half decent meal yep. in, in months maybe yep. or weeks and you're just like oh yep. and then you're like ground beef in a bag yep. let's do this yeah and uh, 
it it's was, like Taco it, Bell on steroids. Us, yeah, we never got sick. I, I, like it was awesome, man. Nice. So cool. I want to talk Nine Lives. That um, I guess it was really Nine the only lives. the only record that Party Cat full length uh, full yeah. length that you guys put out. Um, and I mean, you guys. Uh, I mean, in the middle of it, you had to. Did you not have to switch singers? You, you you end up getting a new singer in kind of the middle of it. Yep, switch singers, switch studios, three studios technically. Yeah, that we did it. Um, That's a very interesting time for you guys, and I know the feeling of switching studios and like the 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 ebbs and flows and trials and errors. But man, talk a little bit about that. How like it must have had to be ha- have its frustrating times, I suppose, right? Um, learning learning. I guess now learning that experience. I look back. It, it was just all, we didn't know what we were doing. Right. That's all it boiled down to. No one really knew what we were doing. We didn't know what the band's potential was. We didn't know what we wanted to do. So in the moment, I suppose, it almost felt like this is how it's supposed to be. You know, it's like being in a, a toxic relationship, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Such as kind of being in a band sometimes. Yeah, right. Sometimes, and it's yeah. like, you're in it and you're like, well, this is normal because this, like, for me, this is, and I think for all the guys, I mean, Josh had been in another band before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't really know the history of his old band, but I, I, I'm fairly sure that they had done quite a bit of stuff. So, um, but for me, th- like, this was normal. I was like, well, like, you know, this happens and this happens, but. I don't think it's normal, but who's really to say, right? Every band has its own dynamic. Did it make us, like, you know, like the butterfly effect, really, right? Totally, yeah. So we just really didn't know what we were doing, but we just rolled with it. Yeah. I mean, Which we, you kind of have to, right? You know, like at one point, our old singer was like, I don't want the drummer to be in the band anymore. And then the drummer was like, I don't want the singer to be in the band. And like, <laughs> like we were trying to write a record. We were trying to kick people out, trying to hire right. people. And it was just like... It's like this big cesspool of dating. All, yeah. You're all dating each other. It's yeah. like this. You know what I mean? Thing. While we were still trying to write parts of the record. Right. And nonetheless, uh, somehow we pulled this together mm-hmm. between um, of three studios, two singers, two drummers, <laughs> and songs that were being written basically on the way here. <laughs> like I remember remember like the drummer and the singer like messaging me being like, "Oh man, we're on the way to like your house." Yeah. Cuz actually we recorded um majority of it here. You guys yeah, you, and you, you did a lot of the vocal work at yeah. uh, my studio at the time it was called yeah. Lime Green Studio, yeah. And I remember the guys texting me being like, "Oh, we're on our way to Ian's right now." Oh, and, and we just wrote some sick lyrics, man. Like it's going to be awesome. We can't wait to try them out in the studio. <laughs> And I was like, sweating. wow, <laughs> we had like 11 or 12 songs written. And I remember we were like mid middle of recording this album and, and the, the singer didn't have lyrics to the tracks yet. Yeah. Not uncommon though. There's a couple of bands that'll do that. I do not ever like, again, do that. It's just but, like, yeah. Is that normal or is it abnormal? It, Who's really to say? Yeah. Processes are and, different and, for different and, bands. And, of course. Yeah. And it, it whatever it happened. So we pulled, we pulled it together and like we were just talking, talking about, um, it definitely brought us to a lot of places I never thought we would get to. And I, and I don't mean just like physical locations, but like a lot of milestone, uh, like that I look back now, you know, and. Well, we were talking about a cool story. You were saying you finally got, a, you got to play with a couple of heroes of yours. Mm-hmm. And not only did you get to play with them, you, you kind of found out later they were wearing your yeah. shirts, man. Yeah. So that's I, really cool. We, when we brought this, this idea of this album and we brought it to you, 
And I remember we were talking, like, right when that uh, Every Time I Die album came out, X Lives, and it was, like, the shit. And I was like, yeah, Keith Buckley, Keith Buckley, and, like, the guitar work, Jordan Buckley, a- Andy Williams. And it was just, we brought it here being like, we want to sound like this. Mm. And then, like, did any of us really sit down in this studio and be like, you know, t- two or four or six months after this, do you think that you're going to be playing with these guys and they're going to be watching your band play? And I'd have been like, no way. And sure enough, we, it was actually, uh, you know, Legs. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Legend, he, yeah. He'd been in the band for so long. He, he, he was like, oh, I want to do a hometown show with E-Tid because they always do the Buffalo show. And, and they're like, okay, we'll give it to you. And that's what we play with them. And I remember Keith, I remember Jordan, I remember Andy all watching our band play. And like, these are like, in my mind, obviously they're not like massive dudes, like physically, but I, like, looking at them they were like giants like mm-hmm. just watching us and we're like oh my god oh my god and andy had come over to the table jordan came over to the table and, you know they gave us some kind words um we, we tossed them some shirts which they were late, later spotted this is ev- for everyone Fest. listening and watching we're talking about every time i die i don't think we specified that yet yeah, but we're talking yeah. about the band every time i die and continue steve Sorry. and um like super fans, like th- this band, we were like basically trying to be them. Like we want to be every time I die. Like not like them. We wanted to be them. Right. And sure enough, it we we wanted to be them so bad that we like manifested it into the universe <laughs> that we were gonna be playing with them. And then it it wasn't like that was the pinnacle when we started playing with our heroes. And then they started coming more and more often. Now it was the Norma Jeans. Right. And he is legend, which I I fucking hate that band, but like everyone in my band loved that band. Right. And I remember getting the show offer for that. And I was like sitting in the van. We were on tour at that time, which is again, sick. I never thought I'd be on tour getting show offers for other shows. Right. And I remember seeing that text from, it was Travis Porter being like, yo, do you guys want to play with He's Legend? And I used to fucking hate that band because they just would blare it for hours and hours. And I don't know if they like truly loved it or just really wanted to piss me off or both. But <laughs> Probably I, a bit I of almost both. I almost like ignored the text. Right. To be like, yo, I'm not fucking telling these guys. And I was like, yo, do you guys want to play with uh He's Legend? They're like, what? <laughs> and yeah, well, like again, like just the distance and um the space in between the big bands started growing smaller and we started playing with all these bands at yeah. the end. And they were just like falling like like flies. Like I can't even remember. Like He is Legend, uh, the Norma Jeans, the Every Time I Dies, the Warp Tours, which is now we're like hanging out with the guys on Bring the Horizon right, right. and uh, guys in Chelsea. Like these bands that I don't even like that were just massive bands and we're like chilling with them. Like I remember on this last tour that we even did, the American one, like we were hanging out with bands at shows that we were just going to because we were on tour and we would like show up. I'm like, hey, like Mott the Flames, remember us? We played. Yeah, man, come to the show. And they were like getting us into their show and like, like hanging out on their tour buses. And we're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> right. And we were at that level. We were. I always say we were. We were like a, like a shooting star. We came in. We we were bright, and we were gone. Like that was yeah. it. It was. It, it it really went quickly. Like it was like that. Now that I look at it, that warp tour type touring too, because I did the warp tour back in two thousand one uh, for a few weeks, and um, that type of touring, there's no other type of touring, uh, especially in a van and trailer. And I, I, I read somewhere recently that, uh, or at least a few years back, that you're actually not like allowed to do that tour in a van and trailer anymore. Two I guess. weeks, yeah. So two weeks is the max they'll let you do, and then they won't let you do anymore. Just too many deaths. 
too many van accidents because bands don't so realize dangerous. how much yeah, it, yeah, it's the driving and touring the, and is the one thing. Time and yeah, the touring is one thing. You you drive, you go to the show, you play, you sleep, you go to the next place. If you're lucky, you sleep. Yeah, yeah. especially on the warp tour. tour. It's you're outside all day in the blistering heat, um, selling, meeting, promoting. Yeah. Then you play. Then you get in the car, get in the van. You're gone again. It's not like you're you're like it is. And you have to. Is when we were doing it, we had to make check in. If you didn't make check in, you didn't get to play. And I remember the check in was was quite early. And yeah, you had to drive all night. Yeah, because the other bands are on buses. They don't care. Yeah, they go on the bus, they sleep, and then they go. I mean, you know, it definitely puts a little extra hair on your chest. Yeah, but man, like that type of touring. Like I remember being able to kind of like rub the dirt off your arms because you're just like, I am a mess right now. But they did. I I remember them taking good care in the sense that I mean, I, this was 2001 when I did it, and the band I, I was playing in at the time uh, were called Jersey, and we were on Fuel by Ramen, and everything was like well set up. It was a nice like we had catering, and which was nice, and you got your water a day, and then your case of beer every other day. So we, it was good. I just remember a power generator and a fan. Though, we never got that. See, so I think I had we never even the got on the work tour. We just did the Canadian dates. Oh, okay. Like well, we, <laughs> but even still, that's just enough. Like, and you, we were, you we do, were. Once we got, like, we did the shows. They were taking our like thirty percent of our merch for the day. Oh yeah, they were. <laughs> like, I don't know if they. I don't and all they the other bands, we watched time. them. Like, like when they're like, oh, they weren't keeping a tally. They're like, oh, how much did you sell? And and we were the only bands in the entire line, line of the independent bands or the, the day of bands. <laughs> They're like, oh, how much did you sell? They're like, 20 bucks. Meanwhile, I watched them. like They were slinging merch. <laughs> You're like, the honest-to-God Canadians. They're like, oh, well, this is... <laughs> well, no, they were Canadian bands, too. Uh, okay. And because we actually cared and wanted to like impress them, uh, okay. they're like, how much did you sell? And I remember like that was the first time we had reached like that much merch. Like We did like 2,000 in one day. Yeah. And we gave them... Which 30... Warped Tour was good for. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, two grand in one day, which is a lot for our band. Like We would maybe on a lucky day do two, three... 400 most right. we did 2,000 in one day and we gave them 30% like wow and you're very you know, kind because Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Lyman's like hey thanks man well maybe we figured they would see this like oh my god Party Cat is like generating numbers like they're doing and you, you know and whatever it did help us the next year maybe but. it did I mean Kevin I don't even know if I, I think I met Kevin once on that during that Warp Tour whole stint and I mean he was a nice enough fellow I remember that Alien Ant Farm were on that Warp Tour and then they got kicked off because they shit talked H2O and Kevin Lyon was like oh that's my favorite band so you guys can get the fuck off yeah. my tour so I remember that was kind of funny but um, okay well let's talk a little bit um, about kind of career shifts because you're you're a real estate agent now Steve I am uh, I'm a real estate agent. It's yeah. it's pretty weird how this all happened. Drive a nice car, selling homes. There you go. You know, um, used to I play always, in the screamo yeah. band. I always did construction when we weren't touring. Right. So I had fifty. Like if we're talking about a house as as a whole, I, I learned how to build a house in mm -hmm. all my free time when I was basically just trying to support the band. Right. And when this new opportunity presented itself, uh, a mutual friend of ours who is a real estate agent and she said, you know, why don't you bring your construction knowledge to this business? And I never really thought about it. Right. Um, so when this kind of fell on my lap, it, it kind of made sense because um, I, I do have all this construction experience. So if I know how to build a house, now I can learn how to sell one. And it's not really um, like all, like I spent like 10 years in the construction industry. So it's like I'm just building on my my career now. Totally. Right? Yeah. So I do bring that to the table. Whereas, you know, a lot of these realtors don't really know how to build a house. Is it realtor or realtor? 
I prefer realtor because can you say both? <laughs> realtor. <laughs> Do you ever realtor? watch the Santa Clarita diet? <laughs> it's yeah, a- realtor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I never dropped the re- realtor because it, it's like phonetically, if you're going the way yeah. it's spelled, it's realtor. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, that's but how that kind of came about. And so. you seem to enjoy it, right? I mean, this is a. Yeah, I'm just I'm just coming to my year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, August, technically August first, um, is when I started in 2017. Nice. And I had a really good year. Nice. Most they like for me, it, it's been amazing. I, I I've always been in a band, and we were always like dirt poor. Yeah. Um. And this last year has been really great. Uh, I I think it's a lot of beginner's luck. I shouldn't have this much success in the first year, but um, I'm I'm just rolling with it. Good for you. Um. It's been interesting. Uh, and you're working mainly GTA, right? Great channel in. Yeah, so yeah. if I if I broke it down to a statistic, um I did five deals. Um three of them in Toronto, one in Brampton, and one in Cambridge. So mm-hmm. So you're kind of all over. Yeah. Nice, man. I I don't specialize in any area yet. Okay. Um I have a lot of experience just based on my last clients with Toronto. Yep. And that seems where a lot of the action is happening. Uh, yeah. Like uh, as far as action, I mean a lot of the feeding frenzy. Whereas, um, actually, I just did a, a di- I did a deal in Milton actually as well. Uh, I totally forgot about that one. Oh, there you go. Um, it hasn't closed yet. But Milton is the me- is the new. It's like the mecca. Yeah, mecca, it, yeah. it really is. It yeah. is. Um, but Toronto, it, it's like the rat race. Like yeah. everyone, it's like, it's literally a feeding, a feeding frenzy. It's like when you drive in Toronto, you have to wear your driving jacket. Yep. So when you sell a house and you have to wear your, sell yeah, your house it, jacket. It really is. <laughs> and, and the attitudes, like the pre, pre, like what's Preconceived notions. Yeah. Preconceived yeah, yeah. notions. Uh, it, it really is. It, yeah. It's like the traditional realtor. Like you got to have your bands, you got to have your Armani. Realtor, not realtor. <laughs> yeah. The real realtor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and I got in there. I was dropped yeah. in, and it it was like intense. Yep. And sometimes the best way to do things, though, right? Just drop, you know what the, the deal in. I did do there. It was in the hottest area in Toronto, which is the Leslieville, uh, mm. South Riverdale, uh, Cabbage Town, and like yes. I was getting eaten alive. Like I lost five bids with my clients, Shit. and and it wasn't you know after that long we we started like am I doing something wrong are they doing something wrong and we're talking like we're bidding two three hundred thousand over asking prices like right. not like 50 grand uh 75 like 200 grand over houses and still losing wow so eventually we kind of um I use my intuition and um figured a little uh secret out again this is because I was losing and I don't like losing so <laughs> kind of pulled something out of my butt there and we, we managed to land them something at an amazing price. So I may not be a realtor, <laughs> but I am a real realtor. So <laughs> You can put that on your card. I yeah. pull things out of my butt. Yeah. All right, so you we're going to do the final segment of the podcast here. It's called The Shit I'm Into. Ironically, because I'm pulling there you out go. of my ass, and now the shit I'm into. The okay. shit I'm into right cool. now, Sirius XM radio in my truck. <laughs> I listen to the Highway 56 because I love country music right now. What's the shit you're into, Steve? Um, Man, honestly, like... I don't think anything's really changed. I've always been kind of into the same shit. I'm like one of those dudes. Everything is just literally, I, I just go with what I know. Mm. Still into music. Yep. Like we talked about this at the beginning. Um, I got into heavy music with Under Oath. I, uh, and, and now like Under Oath is back. I'm like obsessed with their album. Still into music. Um, get Like I've always been into cars. Now I'm back into cars. Um, always been into fashion. 
So the shit you're into is back, is back a lot of shit. Yeah, a lot of shit. Uh, fashion, cars, music, cars, music. There you go. Well, Steve, I uh, got any socials you want to plug? You want to plug your real or your real your real realtor stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I just launched my new website. Actually, nice. it's it's pretty cool. Just uh, www.stevesap.com. Nice. Um. You can link to all my channels from there. It's mostly I'm just rocking Instagram right now. Um. That's back to Steve. Um. But I would advise everyone to check out the uh, website. I put a lot of time and work into it. And it's definitely not uh, traditional realtor style. <laughs> nice and actually, it. I do bring my passions into this business. So it's, it's fashion heavy. It's lifestyle heavy. And um, yeah, it's actually really cool. I'm, a, I'm actually a big fan of my own stuff. I didn't uh-huh. do it. I mean, I paid someone to work with me, but it is, it is really cool stuff. So nice. I, I expect everyone to check it out. That, well, Steve Sapienza, there you go. Thanks for being on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. We'll have Thank to do it again sometime. Me. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Maybe next, uh, further into the realtor career. All right. Thanks, brother. Bye.